but it's the largest tax cut in the history of our country. Republicans call it a Christmas present for America, but Democrats say the GOP tax bill will end up hurting the middle class. Today, we talk with Indiana Senators Todd Young and Joe Donnelly, plus controversy over the DCS director's sudden departure, why she says the state of Indiana is putting children's lives at risk. We talk with state lawmakers and with Governor Eric Holcomb. It's all ahead this Sunday in Focus. Exploring the issues that matter most in Indiana. This is In Focus with Dan Spieler. Good morning and Merry Christmas as we come to you on this Christmas Eve morning. I'm Dan Spieler. A lot of talk still about the GOP tax bill. Republicans celebrating on this Christmas holiday, but Democrats say this bill is a disaster for the middle class. Either way, it provides an elusive legislative victory for the president and vice president, who's back here in Indiana for the holidays after attending that celebration last week at the White House. We are going to bring at least $4 trillion back into this country. Thank you for keeping your promise to see this Congress deliver the largest tax cut in American history before Christmas. What has been sold as a middle-class miracle will instead deliver a hefty windfall to the wealthy. The president signing that bill on Friday. I spoke with both of Indiana's senators this week. Senator Joe Donnelly, a Democrat, voted against the bill. Republican Todd Young voted for it. And I spoke with him on the record. This is going to result in a fairer code that allows rank-and-file Hoosiers to keep more of what they earn. It lowers tax rates across each of the different economic uh, brackets and uh, simplifies the code in the process. Uh, polls show this is not a very popular bill, though. Forty-seven percent of those surveyed in a recent poll say they disapprove of the GOP tax bills passed by the House and Senate. Twenty-six percent said they approved. Are, are, are you at all troubled by those numbers? I'm not troubled whatsoever. I think once Hoosiers discover some of the um, best features of this legislation, they're really going to be happy. For example, uh, we've kept our promise in this legislation to repeal the Obamacare individual mandate. This tax is being paid by well over 100,000 Hoosiers, and and most of those Hoosiers, 81%, make $50,000 or less. Uh, This is their gift for not buying health insurance they can't afford or don't want. Half of that group makes $25,000 or less, so entirely unfair. So there's all kinds of provisions within this tax bill uh, that I think once Hoosiers uh, get to filing their taxes, they'll understand. Uh, We've done them a favor with this legislation, and it's going to lead to a a faster-growing economy that allows Hoosiers to keep more of what they earn. You don't feel it's a a tax cut mainly for the rich, as as some have suggested? You know, we hear this... um, We've heard this for generations, really. Um, So I think regardless of what Republicans had done on this tax bill, and I'm not known as a real partisan person, but let's face it, it would have been characterized by uh, people on the left as as, uh, something it's not. It ought to be a bipartisan piece of legislation because we have the highest corporate tax rates in the industrialized world. That's why Barack Obama advocated lowering the corporate rate. and, And so much of what he advocated is part of this legislation. Are you disappointed Senator Donnelly isn't supporting the bill? I've got great respect for my colleagues. We each arrive at our decisions differently, and and, uh, I'll leave it at that. There's also this question of how this gets paid for, its impact on the debt. Do you think this truly will pay for itself? Some experts say that's assuming some pretty unprecedented levels of growth. 
Well, let's look at the independent scorekeepers, uh, the Congressional Budget Office and, and the Joint Committee on Taxation. So the Congressional Budget Office says that uh, we're only going to experience a 1.9% rate of growth over the next decade. We've been well over 3% for the last number of quarters uh, during the uh, Trump era. So uh, I think that that is unrealistic. They also indicate that we only, on top of that 1.9%, need an additional 0.4% per year in growth. Uh, the Joint Committee on Taxation says we need an additional 0.2% on top of that 1.9%. So I know the eyes start to glaze over once you get into specific numbers, but uh, these are really conservative, very modest estimates about what is possible going forward. And I happen to believe in the American people. I think with a competitive tax system, along with all the regulatory reform we're doing and uh, the other reforms we're making here at the federal level, uh, the American people are once again uh, going to step up and demonstrate that uh, we have the financial wherewithal, the creativity and the work ethic uh, to grow this economy at a very fast uh, clip. There's also still a lot of talk about this Russia probe. Some Republicans uh, really trying to perhaps uh, question Robert Mueller's credibility with some of the things that have come out in the news. Do you still support this investigation as it stands today? Well, Dan, it's, it's appropriate that we focus on this. This is why there's an Intelligence Committee investigation uh, occurring within the Senate. I support that bipartisan investigation into Russian meddling uh, in our election. Now, they, it's not been determined that they in any way uh, influenced the outcome of the election, but uh, they absolutely did meddle in the election, so it's appropriate for us to look into that. When the time comes, I'll absolutely weigh in, and, and I think that investigation should proceed. Senator Todd Young, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. We appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. All right, we're here with Senator Joe Donnelly. You put out an email to your supporters that said simply, I had to vote no. What did you not see in this tax reform bill that you wanted to see in the end? Well, the subjects I discussed with uh, the president on numerous occasions. Um, number one, that we make sure that our economic policy is for keeping jobs in the United States as opposed to going overseas. I talked to the president about my end outsourcing act and he said, Joe, I'm with you 100%. That's what this bill is going to do. Instead, we have continued to permit uh, tax deductions and tax assistance to companies for shipping jobs overseas. In regards to the middle class, I said to the president, we need to focus on average families that the tax break goes to them, not to the top, uh, not to the top brackets in this, uh, in this country. He said, that's exactly what's going to happen. Instead, the top brackets came down. Almost all the benefits went um, to the very, very wealthiest companies in the top 1%. And then finally, um, the president and I agreed that we needed to keep this deficit neutral, that it not increase the burden on our children in the future. And instead, this is going to increase the debt by over $2 trillion. So the bill that the president and I agreed on was not the one that came forward. Instead, this was a bill that Mitch McConnell wrote that was almost a complete flip to what we were hoping for. There are some short-term tax cuts in this bill for a lot of people. Obviously, some of those eventually go away. Is that what concerned you most? Is it difficult, though, to vote against a bill that does include those kinds of short-term tax cuts? Well, they are short-term tax cuts that go away so that families that make under $75,000 will see a tax increase in the years ahead. That the actual uh, point of this uh, is that taxes will increase 
for those families who make $75,000 or less. The very people this was supposed to focus on. The entire tax cut is being financed by borrowing. So in effect, we are going to China and having them finance a tax cut to the very, very wealthiest people in our country that all of us over the years ahead will be paying for. So we will be paying China for tax cuts to be given to the very wealthiest people in our country today. Um, I would rather invest in America than being investing in China and in other countries. And the focus needs to be on making sure that middle class uh, tax cuts are permanent. The corporate tax cuts are permanent. The middle class tax cuts are temporary. That seems completely backwards to me. Republicans put out a statement saying that you sided with your party bosses and against working Hoosiers, in their words. How much of an issue will this be going into next year? Will this bill be more politically poisonous for the Republicans or Democrats uh, up like yourself? I'm more than happy to talk about it at any time. If you look at this bill, it favors the very, very wealthiest in this country. Um, When you look at our state government, um, we run a balanced budget. And you look at this, this is the exact opposite of what we do in Indiana where we go over $2.2 trillion in debt for no reason at all other than to provide tax cuts to the very wealthiest people. And it doesn't focus on creating jobs here in this country. So I'm more than happy to keep my focus on what President Trump and I initially agreed on, which is jobs in America, helping the middle class, and not increasing the debt. If that was the tax package, I would have been for it. All right, Senator Donnelly, thanks so much. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry I know Christmas. we'll be talking a lot in the year ahead. Thank you so much. All right, up next this Sunday in Focus, tough questions for state officials after the DCS director steps down, writing a scathing resignation letter. She says children's lives are at risk in Indiana. We'll have the latest on that next. Also jingle ahead, bell, we'll have some fun on this bell, Christmas Eve, some carpool karaoke featuring two of the most powerful politicians in central Indiana singing some Christmas carols. Stick around. All right, we're joined now by our panel to talk more about the impact of this tax bill. Indy Star columnist and opinions editor Tim Swearens is with us, along with former communications director for the Indiana Democrats, Jennifer Wagner. Tony Samuel was vice chair of the Indiana Trump campaign in 2016. And Dr. Laura Wilson, professor at the University of Indianapolis. This tax bill, what's this going to mean? A lot of people wondering about the implications for average Americans, for Hoosiers, for 2018. We shall see. I think it's going to be, obviously it's a very complicated bill, and both sides are spinning uh, the aspects of the bill that they want to spend. Uh, we're all going to have to wait and see how it plays out. Uh, I will say one benefit we've all seen, or many of us have seen, is, is a rise in the markets. And our 401ks have grown uh, considerably this year in anticipation of these tax cuts. And some companies have put out bonuses as well. They how have. do How do Democrats message this? How do Republicans message it moving I, forward? I think right now it's a wait and see. So as it passed, it's actually not popular yet. It's only about 30, 35% approval, but nothing has actually happened yet. People haven't seen any refunds. People, not everyone, Tim, gets to see a bounce in the markets. I hate to break it to you. Yeah, but there are um, tens of millions of Americans who are invested through yes. their 401ks. Yes, and so I think we're going to wait and see what happens over the next six months or 12 months 
months to see how A, it will affect actual people, and B, how it affects the election. Republicans, though, are celebrating. Tony, I, I know you are as well. You've been talking about this issue for a few weeks now. We have been, uh, and, and celebrating big time. Uh, Donald Trump now has made Christmas greater, you can say, and then oh, to, to mark oh, that, I, he's got a plan. Right uh, oh. Can you see the Merry Christmas version of the Make America Great Again hat? It's got Christmas it's got lights. Christmas lights, lights. yeah. And, and, and wow. I, was, I really was going to get you guys one as well, but when I went back after buying some for friends and family, they were sold out. But it's a $5.5 .5 trillion uh, tax cut uh, for Americans. 60% of that is for individuals and families. Uh, the, the part for employers is going to help those individuals and families because it's going to create jobs. We are seeing it now, as we've seen from some companies, offering bonuses over the holidays right away in the stock market, as Tim said, uh, uh, soaring. And that's going to continue. We're going to see more of it uh, coming through but next year. But to Jennifer's year. point, what about those poll numbers? And we have some of them to show you here from the Monmouth poll. 47% disapproving of, of that bill when you add those together who somewhat disapprove or strongly disapprove, just 26% approving. Is this a messaging problem or a problem with what's actually in the bill the president signed? It's not with what's in the bill. It's definitely uh, that the messaging needs to uh, keep up with what's in the bill. And I think you're going to see that. I think you're really going to see it from what's been happening with, with companies and, and, uh, and some of these outside groups are going to start advertising and promoting what's, what's going on. Laura, what do you make of those numbers? Well, I, I think, like Tony said, it is messaging, and that's the key, especially coming up to an election year for the congressional midterms. I see it being beneficial for Republicans or Democrats as long as they can message and mobilize really their support behind it. Jennifer, I imagine you might say it's not just the message. Well, it's not just the messaging. And I do find it, I'm going to channel my inner Mike Murphy because he's not here today <laughs> and say, and agree with Senator Donnelly in saying that you guys are adding $2.2 trillion to the debt. Like you're, you are doing the opposite of what a lot of Republicans want to see happen and in pretty decent economic times. So we'll see how that shakes out for you next year. How many trillions of dollars did Obama add to the debt? Uh, Obama's not the president anymore. <laughs> Thanks, Tim Swearing. Short-term memory there. And also what we've really got here, we've seen two quarters in probably now going to be three quarters of GDP growth over 3%. We never saw that during the Obama years. That's going to continue, and that's going to uh, eliminate that, 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 that you're talking records about. on the stock market. Uh, you mentioned Joe Donnelly. Obviously, this will be a big focus for him in 2018. Republicans already hitting Senator Donnelly for his vote on this tax bill. The two leading Senate candidates in Indiana putting out statements this week. If we can look at those, Luke Messer said Hoosiers deserve a pay raise, but Senator Donnelly voted against Indiana's working families when he opposed the president's tax cut plan. Todd Rokita said Joe Donnelly failed Indiana again by putting the agenda of Pelosi Schumer and the liberal elites ahead of President Trump's promise of tax cuts for Hoosiers. What about Donnelly's vote against this bill, guys? What's that going to mean for 2018? Is it, is it still way too soon to know who will pay the price for this politically? Way too soon. We're 11 months out from November of 2018. I will say Joe Donnelly's done a very good job of uh, putting himself in the middle in Indiana and, and certainly in the, the, to, the, to the right side of his party. His defense of his no vote there sounded very much like DNC talking points, which is rare for him. And so his messaging on this could be a problem for him. And it probably depends a lot on 
how this actually plays out economically for a lot of people. Absolutely. If, if the, the middle year. class doesn't actually see you know, a tax cut that's worth it to them, they're going to decide that Joe Donnelly made the right vote. And we're not going to know that for many, many more months. And I think, you know, to Tony's point, there's going to be a lot of money dumped into Indiana, probably $100 million or more in this race. And that's going to be the determining factor. But so, too, are people getting sick of that kind of advertising. So it's really going to be a kitchen table issue and what matters to their bottom line. And likely this will be issue number one for the Rokita campaign, for the Messer campaign moving forward. Right? And there's other issues, too. This will be issue number one, but there's also his support of the Iran, bill, the Iran deal. There's also his vote for health care. So he's got, he's, these things are adding up against Joe Donnelly. Let's talk about the week the vice president had as well, not only celebrating tax reform at the White House, also he went to Afghanistan to meet with the troops before the Christmas holiday, now back in Indiana to celebrate Christmas with his family. As this year comes to a close, uh, what are some of his finest moments as VP? What should he still be concerned about in the new year? Sure. Well, I think he's had a great run thus far with the Trump administration. A lot of the stuff he has to do is kind of on defense and deflecting. Um, and that's one of the things I think Pence has been most successful with. But he's, you know, that's one year out of four, at least for this, the fir part, first part of the term. So he still has a lot going on. And uh, so much going on in Washington. Obviously, the, the Russia probe, so much scrutiny on the administration. Uh, Pence obviously has been an interesting figure to watch, he's not just for those of us from here in Indiana. Very interesting figure yeah. and a lot of national and international focus on the vice president, which is a bit unusual. And I think a part of that is because of the Mueller investigation. Um, I think overall, Mike Pence has had a pretty good year. He's come across as the more stable partner in the, in the Trump-Pence partnership, and that's to his benefit. I totally agree, and I, I agree with Laura, too. He's, he's a quarter of the way through. He's still vice president. He, I mean, there's been a lot of talk that if something were to happen and Trump were to have to set down, uh, step down, he would be president. But all in all, he's had a pretty good year. He's been a great balance to this partnership from day one, from, uh, from when he got the nomination. All right, now uh, to some news here in Indiana and some fallout involving uh, Indiana's current governor and an administrator who suddenly resigned. Here's Gabby Gonzalez. The judge who led the Department of Child Services for nearly five years submitted her resignation letter to Governor Eric Holcomb last week. In it, Mary Beth Bonaventura cites deep problems at the agency. She writes, quote, I choose to resign rather than be complicit in decreasing the safety, permanency, and well-being of children who have nowhere else to turn. We took those concerns to the governor Monday afternoon. We'll continue to make sure that, that our focus is on the children of this state. Bonaventura said she feels unable to protect children because of cuts to funding made by the governor's staff in the midst of the opioid crisis. The governor, though, refuting those claims. Well, there was a need for more funding, and that's why we moved almost a half a billion dollars into that one agency. Uh, to make sure that we were doing the best job possible uh, to care for the kids of Indiana. Foster families and child advocates have reached out to us in the last few months to shed light on the problems they see within the system. I'm hearing a lot of frustrations from the family case managers, um, very tearful frustrations that they believe that they can't do their job. Christy Cundiff leads a group of nearly 6,000 foster and adoptive parents she says she agrees with Bonaventura and feels there's a need for sweeping changes at DCS. This is very serious. We have reached an all-time low. The DCS director ending the resignation letter by saying, quote, without serious change in the way the governor's office approaches child welfare and the needs of vulnerable children, I fear lives will be lost and families ruined.
All right. Meantime, state min Senate Minority Leader Tim Lannan issued this statement last week saying, I'm deeply disturbed by the resignation of Judge Bonaventura and the circumstances she's identified as the cause of her departure. The judge has been an authority on what's best for the state's most vulnerable children for decades, and it appears her resignation is based, he said, on the administration's departure from her core value of keeping children safe. And Tim, this really one of the first big controversies that Governor Holcomb has had to face. His biggest to date, and, and honestly, I don't think he's handled it well, uh, sort of bland statements. The, the, this letter of resignation is explosive, and, and it's explosive because of the credibility that uh, the director brought to this issue. A Pence appointee. A Pence appointee, yeah. somebody who's well regarded in the state. And, and, and let me just say, as, a, as an adoptive parent, as a former foster parent, we have to take these issues very, very seriously. And, and Governor Holcomb has tried to brush this off. And it, we can't do that. No doubt something that will be investigated. Uh, and, in, and, it, and it should be. But I, I don't believe at my core that any governor wants to see children die or families sure. broken apart. I agree with Tim. The response has not been swift or strong, and it certainly should be. Um, I'd like to see some light shined on the problems that she has identified. And let's figure out what's really going on. And, you know, hopefully they can bring in someone who can, you know, get things back on track if they really are this far off track. Could be a lot of issues in the year ahead at the State House, no doubt. All right, we've got much more to come after this. We're going to have a little bit of fun on this Christmas Eve as we uh, take you to uh, a little bit of carpool karaoke after the break. Stick around. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Yeah, that's the mayor of Indianapolis singing Jingle Bell Rock, hanging out with Santa and the pastor at St. Luke's United Methodist Church in India. It's part of a viral video, Carpool Karaoke Christmas Style, and it's bipartisan. Both the mayor and the governor taking part. He knows when you've been bad or good, so you better be good for goodness sake. You better be good for goodness oh, nice sake. Nice job, nice job. And we've got more of that on our website. We'll be right back after this. Time for this week's winners and losers. Laura, who do you got? Okay, so our governor and our mayor for their musical talents um, <laughs> as winners, nice? obviously, yeah. <laughs> but more seriously, the Trump administration passing tax reform, huge. Um, the loser, the Holcomb administration, blemish on an otherwise pretty good record. Tony. Well, I'm going to put my hat on for this one and uh, agree with Laura and the Trump administration for delivering on their Christmas present promise of tax cuts for the American people. Loser, I'm going to say Joe Donnelly is going to be repeating those Democrat talking points a lot and people aren't buying it. Jennifer. I'm going to go with the Christmas spirit and I'm going to be really positive and give you guys the win for the uh, tax plan. Uh, it's the only thing y'all have done this year that's been, you know, <laughs> substantive. Um, and my other winner is all of us. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. That's right, Tim. I'm going to echo Laura, Trump administration, for getting something passed through Congress this year. And Eric Holcomb, a big loser this week. All right, we hope you have a great Christmas. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you again next Sunday in Focus.